All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Saber Sam's DFS Office Hours. It is September 29th, Thursday. Got the Bengals and Dolphins kicking off tonight. Looking forward to another, hopefully, uh, good game of football. I know the primetime games haven't been the best to watch lately, so hopefully we get a good one tonight and have a football game that is a little more fun to watch. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Andrew. I'm one of the newest coaches here at SaberSim, and I am going to be running the Office Hours show from here on out. If you caught the show yesterday, Jordan was on, kind of gave me a little handoff, gave me the keys to the show, so I'm going to be running with it. I hope to uh, make him proud, and I will continue to answer the questions to the best of my ability. So with that being said, we're going to get going right now. And the first question we have coming in, actually, you know, before we get started, I wanted to touch on something that came up the other day. There was a bug when I was trying to demo a specific rule, and the rule was referencing having a player in your lineup that was less than 2% owned in every lineup. And I got with the team on it, kind of talked to them about what was going on with the rule, and we were, it wasn't so much a bug, just the way that the rules work at the moment. So I wanted to call it out because I think, you know, if that's something I'm having trouble with, then that could be something that anybody could have trouble with. And I thought it was just a good thing to bring up and bring to everyone's attention. So you should see the SaberSim homepage on the screen right now. And if you go into the lineup rules here, and I was already messing with this before we started, so I have it up right here. So if you go into this rule, this is the rule that we were talking about, and it's a group rule, it's an automatic rule, and it's use at least one player that from these positions, running back, wide receiver, tight end, that their ownership is less than two. So that's a stat requirement. So what I found out was that when this group by is checked that it will make this 203 manual rules which ends up breaking the build so you need to uncheck the group by and then it'll be one rule and what happens is that if you go to manual you do the drop down you look at the rule what it does is it puts all the players under two percent in a bucket of 203 total and then we'll pick one player from that bucket to be in every single lineup when you do it the other way it gets a little messed up and it creates an individual rule for every player saying that that player has to be used so that's what ends up breaking the build so just a little side note if you're trying to run a rule like this and something's not working just unclick this group by we're going to clean up this uh just the way this looks a little bit to make it a little more clearer. So if anyone's having trouble, I forget, I think it was Joe baby blue uh, brought that up. So just wanted to touch on that before we get going today. So that being said, first question of the day coming in from Talini seven one one in discord. And the question is talking about quarterback exposure. So the question reads, a question on quarterback exposure. I have seen a bunch of questions regarding uh, people getting too much exposure of a single or maybe a couple quarterbacks. Does anyone know of a way to set a max exposure for all quarterbacks at once 
or do I just need to go quarterback by quarterback on the first screen? So good question here. I'm going to show you guys two ways of doing this. And the first way of doing it is exactly how the question was phrased. So you go into the home screen for whatever slate you're playing and you hover over to quarterbacks. And what you do is you can come in here and you can set a max exposure of we'll say 15. And then you just kind of go down the list and then do that for every quarterback. So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it, which requires downloading the projections. So I would come up here, I would hit the download and then let me share my full screen instead. Okay. And what I would do is I would pull up the projections that we just downloaded and you can go, this is our projection CSV. This is exactly what's in the app. So then you would, what, what I would do is I would come into data, add a filter, go to team, go to, I'm sorry, go to positions, filter for quarterbacks. And then you can put in 15. If that's the exposure that you want, drag this down for all quarterbacks with a projection and then save this file. Oops. I mean, do that. Save, get rid of that, and then come into this upload and upload the CSV that we just adjusted. And then once you upload this, all the content will uh, come in here. You can scroll over to the max exposure and you'll see that we have that 15 for all of these. I would hit save. And then one thing to note, you can see that I'm on the quarterback drop down right now. So if I'm on the, oops, thanks, Eric. So, so what what I did after I left the, uh, I'm just gonna go back. So I downloaded the CSV. I went into the CSV. I made the max exposure changes here. So I'll just run through it one more time. So go into data, go into filter filter for quarterbacks only added 15 here. And then I just dragged it down in the max exposure column. That way it goes to all the quarterbacks, save this file, exit out, go back to Sabersim, go to upload custom projections, upload CSV. And then I will open that file up here. The custom projections will get loaded into the app. And you can see that if we scroll over to max exposure, my 15s are there. I'll hit save. One thing to note is that if you go to the quarterback dropdown, it won't show your max exposure. That's because it's not going to show in these columns by position. You have to go to all. So if you go to all, there it is. So your max exposures are here. And then if you run a build, which I demoed this earlier. So I'm going to open up a build from earlier. I just want to make sure that it worked and the exposures will be honored here. So that's another way to manage max exposure. If you don't want to sit in the home screen and click on every single player. So hopefully those are a couple of options for you guys that you can use in your process. All right. Next question coming in from T.Y. Patrick. 
question says, I watched the five rule video you posted recently on YouTube. It was super helpful. My question is when you bulk enter lineups into contests, you enter the same one across all contests. If I had 200 unique lineups, how would you go about adding them all to each contest separately? Thanks in advance for your help. So Patrick, it sounds like what you're talking about are the fill methods and I don't have a file for this, so I'm going to hover over to the showdown tonight, which I do have a file for. So what Patrick is talking about is the fill methods. So let's run a build real quick, get some lineups going here, and then we can talk a little bit about rank fill, unique fill, uh, rank, and random. So we will run this build really quickly and uh, get you get you guys going so hope everyone's having a good thursday so far so i uh miss the days in between monday and thursday when there are no football showdown slates so getting back to the question uh the fill entries button up here so there are a couple like key uses so the rank fill the unique rank and the unique random i'd say are the three most common types so uh, Patrick, getting back to your question. So like, yes, if I were to run a build, let's say, you know, this build and I had 150 lineups in this build, I hit save. And then I wanted to fill if I rank fill all entries. So however many entries there are, the top lineups are going to go into those. So I have 150 in this build. So each lineup will go in once to the 150, the top 20 over here in order, will go into this one and this one and that one and that one. So the same 20 lineups will be used four times in these 20 maxes. So to avoid that, what you could do is you could use unique rank where this will be the one through 20. This will be 21 through 40. This will be 41 through 60 and so on. You can also move around the contest. If you know that, let's say I want the first 20 to go into this contest for whatever reason, I can drag that up here and make sure that 1 through 20 go into whatever lineup, uh, whatever contest I so choose. So that's one way to manage your contest portfolio. You can also fill using unique random. Unique random will make sure that every lineup is used an equal number of times. So that way, that'll make sure that all your unique lineups are used. I personally like to use unique random, and that is what I suggest using more often than not. So... Hope that was a uh, good explanation. And if you have any more questions about the lineup fill methods, uh, feel free to ask them in the chat and we can get back to it. So question here from John, just commenting on what we're talking about. I think the big thing there is that you just bulk enter one dummy lineup on DK and then later fill them, fill in them with SaberSim after you build. So yes. So John, if you are building on the desktop version of DraftKings, what you should do is build a dummy lineup and then you will fill the dummy in across all your entries. I prefer to enter contests on DraftKings on my phone where you could just simply reserve the lineups. But I think as best practice, and this is something I practice too, is like when I sit down and I'm getting ready for a slate, the first thing I do usually is run a test build to see what's happening. So 
what I will do is I will just save my test build and I usually will just have 150 lineups and I will just go in before I even start dissecting what the build is telling me before anything, I will come in here and I will hit unique random and I will uniquely randomly fill my contest portfolio for the night. I will download it and upload it to DraftKings or FanDuel, whatever you're playing, Yahoo, and then get back to the builds I want to do. That way, I know I have unique lineups for every, uh, at least at least I have 150 unique lineups that I'm using and not just one if I were to miss log, if my internet were to go down, whatever it may be. So I think best practice, when you come into build, run a test build, use your test build to get good lineups into DraftKings, you know, because you're usually building like an hour, hour and a half before lock. And I think that is best practice. So just something I wanted to point out there. So next question coming in from Eric G and discord, and we are going to get to all the questions. I promise you guys that. So question reads, Hey, Andrew. Hey everyone. I'm new to SaberSim and the discord. I have a question about single entry and three max builds. When you build for that specific type, do you just go with the lineup it suggests or do you go into the pool and search for lineups you like? Just wondering what the opinions are on this. Thanks for the time. So Eric, happy to talk about this. Uh, at the end of yesterday's stream, I actually did like a single entry baseball demo and talked about it in a little more depth. We talked about some single entry GPPs. We talked about some single entry satellites. Long story short, I'm not going to go into that much detail today. But the essence of what I was getting at was that it is totally okay to go into a build if I'm playing uh, only a handful of lineups with opinions I've formulated through research in the app, outside of the app. Um, and you can either go in here and search for lineups you like. If you find a lineup you like, you can always hit this uh, lock button here. And it'll make sure it stays in your set. So let's say, you know, we wanted to pick three lineups tonight. You, you'll have your three lineups. You can also go into your pool right over here and you can start scrolling. And if I really like this number five lineup, I hit the lock button. It'll get added into my lineups. And then I can decide which one I want to get rid of. So if uh, you want to have that much control and uh, just kind of hand pick them, Based on the pool, I think it's totally okay. You could also try and like manage it from your exposure, saying, you know, I just I want four lineups with Tyler Boyd as my captain and kind of see what that gives you. So, you know, Pillar's telling us that, you know, I had to dig pretty far into the pool to find four Tyler Boyd captain lineups. So I don't know if that's a route I would go, but I think it's very okay to be opinionated about what which lineups end up that you take with you into your contest, especially if you are only playing a handful. So happy to talk about that more. If you have any more questions, Eric, just throw them in the chat. Uh, next question here from iMac six and iMac said, hi, Andrew, is there any value in running post-mortem builds on a slate to try and reverse engineer the winning slash optimal lineups? Just trying to get into the minds of the sharks at the top and learn how they may be thinking on certain slates. So I like where your head's at. I think 
you know, this is a question that gets brought up a lot. And I think a lot of different people have different ways that they go about this. Uh, if you were to ask Jordan this question, he would, uh, I think he might start fuming a little bit. He's very, very against going into a build, going into a slate and trying to re reverse engineer the optimal. I have to agree with him. I don't think that, you know, I, th- I think, I think researching a slate that's run can have value if you go about it the right way. I don't think you should go into any slate that's already passed and say, okay, this lineup was the optimal and how do I get it? So that way I can click the right buttons on tomorrow's slate and get that good lineup. I don't think that's, that's, that's never going to work ever. So I think that there are positive things you can do, which you touched on, which I'm glad you touched on is, you know, how are the best players building their lineups? And I think that's a fair question. And I think that's something that is worth your time to research. So, you know, for, for me, I, I try to look at the decisions I made very objectively and I'll, I'll think about a past slate. I'd say like, maybe like, like last weekend's main slate on, on Monday, I was thinking, you know, did I have too much exposure? Did I not get uh, diverse enough? Was all of my um, chances of winning too concentrated? And regardless of, of the outcome, I think it's good to ask yourself questions like that. Not not saying, you know, how do I get more Mac Hollins next time? Because you don't know Mac Hollins is the guy that's going to go off and, and 10x his, his uh, value on the slate. So one one good uh, website to do some research is ResultsDB. It is a Roto-Grinders website. It is free to use, which is why I suggest it. And you can go into the DK uh, main slates since FanDuel doesn't have uh, CSVs after the contests are run. So you can't use, you can't do any FanDuel research, but you can go into the DraftKings main slates and you can see. Um, I'm sorry, hold on one second. Got some barking dogs in the background. Apologies. But um, you can go into the. DraftKings main slates and uh, one second, guys. Sorry. All right, I'm back. Apologies for the interruption there. But what, what I was saying is you can go to results DB and you can look up any pro. So I like to go in a lot of times and look at Giant Squid and see how Giant Squid is building his lineups. You can look at his exposures. You can look at the leverage. You can look at, you know, did they fade some of the highest owned players? And I think that trying to understand over time what good players are doing, not just on a single slate, not just on one occurrence, but just tracking for a week, two weeks, and seeing how they're thinking about the things they're thinking about, is could could potentially lead to some useful information. So iMac, if I were to go about it, that's what I would do. I wouldn't run too many builds in the app trying to figure out how to get the optimal uh, lineup in your uh, pool. So just a quick note there. So fun question coming in here from Fail Mary and asking me a 
situational question. So, Fail Mary, let's see what you are throwing at me. Um, real quick comment from John on the last question. I want to get too caught up in trying to figure out the settings, but more so was your decision decision making process solid? So, John, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, you know, interesting article came out today from a former DFS pro. His name is Chess is Okay. Um, very um, successful DFS professional who uh, left DFS for other other activities, but wrote an article today touching on the um, review process, his review process in DFS. And, you know, long story short, the um, takeaway is that if you can't have a process that you can repeat day after day, then I think that is where you need to start is finding a repeatable process that you can judge over a long period of time. So last comment on that. So moving on to the next question from fail Mary situational question. You must uncheck 10 players before generating lineups. Which players are you unchecking to make the least impact on the quality of the Sims punt players around three K salary and below that you hate quarterbacks you know you don't want to play wide receivers tight ends running backs you know you don't want to play as well defenses you know you don't want to pay up for i'm starting to get the feeling that if you are limiting a player pool running back is the best place to do it what is your opinion on where to start if you are deaf limiting player pool so fail mary fun question here uh you know i think at the end of the day this is a player pool curation question. And I think that we've offered a couple different ways, different people on the team have offered di different ways to curate your player pool. So I know something that Jordan likes to do is filter by projection. And it's not, not a hard cutoff, but somewhere around like a five to six point projection, Jordan will, kind of say like, no, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll make a judgment call and say, you know, do I want anyone below like five points? And if he looks at these names and says, no, they're not on his list, he will go through and uncheck them all. I like to do something around like the 95th percentile looking uh, at like players and um, ceiling projections that I'm, I'm comfortable having in my lineup. I know something Andy likes to do is come into the filters and add a filter that says uh, only include players with my ownership greater than three. And so I think there's a lot of different ways to curate a player pool. I don't think there is a right way. And I think it's something that you probably have to experiment with and find something that you're comfortable doing slate after slate, getting back to a process that's repeatable and that you feel adds value to your lineups. I think to answer your question, I would always start with the players I know I don't want. I would question the reasons why I don't want them and make sure that they're grounded in something uh, strong and not just um, something I read on Twitter or something like that. And, uh, you know, I... I wouldn't go so far as to just X players off to X them off. I think defense is a highly variant position and I wouldn't mind um, 
Xing off really expensive defenses just due to the fact that there's always an opportunity that a cheaper defense uh, has a kick return, has a punt return, uh, interception for a touchdown, fumble for a touchdown. I don't think that uh, salary always implies a uh, higher floor for defenses specifically. So hopefully I gave you some uh, good answers to your question. I think it's a fun question and I'm happy to uh, talk about it more. So another question here from fail Mary. So let me just get this in the chat and guys, if you have questions, put them in discord, put them in the office hours channel in uh, discord or in the YouTube chat are the best places to get those in. So question reads, how does sorting affect our lineup pool? If I sort by Sabre score, then by projected score, is it sorting the same 150 lineups or pulling a different 150 lineups from the 1500 lineup pool? So fail Mary, good question here. So the answer is that it is looking at the entire pool of 500 lineups. So if I were to uh, run a new build, let's just run a new build really quick. And we're not going to build 1500. We're only going to build 500, but we'll still be able to get the same answer here. So to answer your question, the lineup sorting is always based on the entire pool of 500. The 150 you see is just based on the number of lineups that you choose up at the top. So whether that's one, whether that's 20, whether that's 150, that is just being put here based on your lineup sorting methods. So we have a couple lineup sorting methods. We have Sabre score, we have projected score, and I believe we have ownership now. So those are the three lineup sorting methods we have, depending on which one you click. And you can also sort descending or ascending where you could also come in here and I would never recommend doing this, but uh, inversely sorting by Sabre score. So right now we have the highest Sabre score lineup at the top, and this is going through the full pool of 500. And if I wanted to, I could inversely sort where I see the lowest Sabre score projected lineups at the top now. And these would now be the exposures that you see here. So it's going to inversely sort by Sabre score and then take the exposures from the top 20 and show you what is in those lineups. You can do projected score after a slate. You can come in here and you can do actual score. We can do ownership and we can do salary, which is one I did not mention previously. So we're sorting by salary. You'll see all the 50,000 salaries at the top and then descending from there. So that's how it works. If you need any more follow up there, just let me know. Um, question here from Joe baby blue. And this is a feature request. So I have been passing along the feature requests to the team guys the more you send them in, I get them added to the queue and uh, they'll get reviewed. So you can send in all the feature requests that you guys want. So question reads from Joe Baby Blue. I think a cool addition would be to be able to deselect a questionable slash doubtful player and see how it would affect the game sims. <laughs> so Joe, this would be really cool. The only problem is that, you know, there's only one lineup sim uh, database and so it wouldn't just affect the sims that you see it would affect the sims that everyone sees 
So unfortunately, there's not a way to say, uh, you know, Amon Ross, Satan Brown is out for to for the upcoming game. You know, recalculate ownership, recalculate projections for his team, and show me how it affects the slate overall. That would be nuts, and I think that would be a huge project. So I don't know if that's coming, uh, but um, you know, a, a cool idea nonetheless. So I know Phil Mary said, "Oh wow, that would be that would be awesome." So I think it would be awesome, but I don't think it's uh, technically uh, feasible. So. Next question coming in from underrated underrated said, is there any way to save filters for a build? So yes, there is a way to save filters and I will show you how to do that. So we'll go back to the home screen. And if you have a filter that you want to add, all filters can be found under this little green hourglass icon. And you just click that you hit add. So what I would do was let's just put one in here. So we'll say my projection greater than three. And I'm going to uncheck defenses because that's something I like to do personally. So filter here, I can click on it. One, I can name it. So we're just going to name it 929 office hours. Save that. And then we can... I'm not mistaken, save it, and then it'll be up here. So this is your filter. Uh, all your saved filters will go here. So if you didn't know that before, you can put any filter, give it a name. That way you can recognize it later, and then save it, and it will always be found under this dropdown. So. Okay. Next question coming in from Jay Stinger. I believe that's John because I've seen John's name in the chat. So John asked, I was wondering how the simulations work when I upload my own projections and how the Saber score changes as well. So John, good question. Uh, I know we gave a little demo about uploading custom projections already. So I'm not going to go through that process, but I will explain how it uh, affects the projections. So you can see here that we have a projection for Jonathan Taylor, right about 20. If you upload a custom projection and your new projection is 25, what will happen is that we will take all of the outcomes for Jonathan Taylor across his range of outcomes for all the Sims, and we will shift all of them by adding five more points to them. So that is what happens when you add a custom projection. And the second part of the question is how the Sabre score changes as well. So adding a custom projection doesn't affect Sabre score per se. So the way it works is that you go into the build screen, which is this plus icon, and then the sim precision determines how many lineups are used to generate the new projections for a lineup. So at seven, um, not sure what this is, 11. So at Sim Precision 7, you're using 11 Sims, a bucket of 11 Sims per lineup. And so what happens is someone like Jonathan Taylor will take 11 outcomes from random Sims that we pull, and we will make that his new projection. We're going to add five points to that, 
based on the custom projection that you set. And then we apply a multiplier for ownership, multiplier for correlation, and then the lineup is formed. Once the lineup is formed, then once all the lineups are formed, Saber's um, score will rank the lineups based on an algorithm that includes uh, metrics such as ownership. So custom projections don't really affect the Saber score per se. Saber score is evaluated on a lineup by lineup basis. So you are just mostly affecting his uh, fantasy point production in the Sims by adding or decreasing points to the Sim. So that's how it works. If you have any more questions, let me know. Uh, Aaron in Discord asked a question. Can you go into further explanation of the number of unique players setting when building lineups? So, Aaron, uh, you're talking about the number of unique players, what I think you're referring to, and correct me if I am wrong, but you were talking about how many players are showing up in your player pool. And that would be this number here, 82. So what I what I can say is that if you want more diversity, the best thing to do would be to knock down some of the highest exposed players in your pool. So I bet you that if we decrease Hunter Renfro, we got another player in our player pool you know, we just sit here and knock down some of these exposures. It'll just make us more diverse and we'll have to use more players from the pool in, in theory. So that's like one way to um, increase your player pool. It's not, I don't think there's a right number saying, you know, I want to target these many players in my player pool. I know some other content sites will talk about that or uh, the DFS daily newsletter likes to touch on that as far as like using uh, X number of players in the player pool for certain sports. One that comes to mind is golf. I don't think that it's a item that you have to worry about too much with Saberson because Saberson understands ranges of outcomes and correlations and ownership fade and will give you a appropriate player pool number that is sufficient for the goals that you're trying to achieve with a specific build for a specific contest. Uh, if you have a specific question, I'm happy to answer it, which it looks like you do. So thank you. Uh, let's see what Aaron is asking. When you click on the build lineups tab, the plus one of the options like salary and number of lineups, there is unique player option and it defaults to one. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about the number of players in my player pool. So sorry about that. So, so min uniques. So yes. So this min uniques button, what it does is if I am building, let's say for a showdown, cause that will make this a lot simpler. So let's go to the Miami Cincinnati game for tonight and a DK showdown lineup hat contains six players, one captain and five flexes. So if, I have this set to one. That means that every lineup in theory can share five out of six of the same players. And every lineup must have one player that is different than another lineup. If I increase this to two, then it must have two different players per lineup. That way uh, 
it's it's a it's a blunt force way of making your lineups more diverse. I would not recommend increasing it from one. I think that one is the right setting for it. I think especially for showdown, I would not increase it. But it's a it's a blunt force method of trying to get more diverse lineups that way your lineups don't look too similar. So that's how that works. I got a gotcha in the uh, Discord chat. So yes, happy to uh, touch on any other questions you have, Aaron. Uh, question coming in from Chris. We're moving over to YouTube chat, guys. If you have any more questions, throw them into YouTube chat starting now. So question reads, if we're making 150 plus lineups, do we want to maximize the number of lineups we have with just a handful of our preferred stacks? Or do we want to aim for diversity and get some exposure to many stacks? So Chris, the, the honest answer is there's not a right answer. I think that both options are viable. It comes down to your risk profile. How risky do you want to play? Uh, how much ROI are you okay with not getting back at the end of the day? I'd say, you know, if you're playing within our recommended bankroll limits following the DFS profit plan, playing within that 2.5% to 5% of your bankroll range on a slate-to-slate basis, then I think that it is uh, good to think about it on like a spectrum of like if you're playing toward the lower end of the spectrum – you can be a little more, uh, have a little higher risk profile uh, portfolio of lineups. If you're playing toward the higher end to make sure that you're getting a little more diverse, that's kind of how I like to think about it. But um, it's it's a it's a personal question, and I don't think there's a wrong or right answer. I know I've talked to many many DFS players, and some of them will go all in on a specific player, and they're okay if it doesn't work out. Some people would never think of doing that in their life. That's just too much risk for them. So you kind of have to figure out where you fall in that spectrum and just go into your slate with a portfolio of lineups that you're comfortable with. So good question. Always good to touch on. And uh, moving on to the next one, which is from Aaron in YouTube chat. Aaron said, how do you add ceiling projection to be used versus projection projected score after the lineups have been built? So let's go back to the main slate for this question and pull up a build. And we could talk a little bit about analyzing lineups in step three. So no problem with that. So, okay, we're in step three. And we are looking at the 20 lineups that we built. And uh, one more time, the question is asking about ceiling projection versus projected score. So Aaron, there's not a way to, I, I guess, I guess the, the best way to answer the question is that the player's range of outcomes and their 99th percentile scores and their 95th percentile scores, 85th, whatever it may be, have already been taken into account by the time you get to this step. So that gets taken into account in step two when your lineups are being generated. And that gets taken into account by the sim precision slider, which we touched on how that works. So, you know, just one more time, if I were to have a sim precision of nine, I'm using three sims per lineup. So I'm getting three random sims and I am taking the 
cumulative projection for every player from those three sims and then using that projection to create my lineups. So the the builder is looking at, you know, you might get a sim where Amon Ross St. Brown scores 40 points, one where he scores 30, and then one where he scores 20, and then it'll average that out and then use that projection to analyze what the best group of players based on salary, based on correlation, based on ownership are the best to put into your new lineups. So the the 95th percentile outcomes have already been taken into account. This is just a number that you're seeing. If, if you use any sim precision above zero, you are technically not using this mean projection that you see when your lineups get generated. It's just a arbitrary number that is there to help people understand what the uh, average score of these players is. But as soon as you start using sim precision and dive into those range of outcomes, it's no longer being used. So I think that, um, you know, that's probably the best answer I can give you at the moment. If you have any more questions, just let me know. So feature requests coming in from Chris. Chris said, Right now, we can adjust a team total, and it will update player projections accordingly, correct? It'd be great if we could adjust a single player's projection and get the same behavior. So, Chris, you know, this is a... If you haven't seen it yet, our very own Jordan Chan was on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports podcast just this week. I would uh, check it out and support Jordan. You know, Jordan's been doing this show for a long time, and... uh, Jordan talked about this exact point of how it gets really tricky when it's it's just because all the players have a correlation value to each other. So it's like if I were to just adjust Tyler Lockett to 20 points, well then now that affects Geno Smith and that affects players on the other team. And so how do you not fall into this cascading effect of just a ton of players being adjusted based on just adjusting one single output or input to the sim so i I don't think it's something that's going to change um i can i can put it in as a feature request happy to hear more thoughts on it from other people inside the team other, other than jordan but i think my understanding is like pretty clear just that it would just cause too many changes and that you're better off adjusting the team totals. So I will say, you know, one thing is that if we increase Tyler Lockett's projection, then we'll, and you'll most likely get more Tyler, Tyler Lockett exposure. The projection correlations still are taken into account. So if you're getting more Tyler Lockett, you're probably going to get more Geno Smith and you're probably going to get less of the players that, Tyler Lockett is negatively correlated to such as the Lions defense, such as DK Metcalf, even though this is a small negative correlation. So the correlation slider will still make sure that you get more or less of certain player combinations based on the individual player projection adjustments that you make. So I just want to, you know, call that out and uh, let you guys know that the sim does not forget about correlation just when you increase a specific player's projection. Question from Patrick, for the upcoming NBA season, you stated you late swap religiously. How many games, slates, that would be ideal to late swap constantly? So, Patrick, 
Good question. So yes, I don't. We don't have any uh, basketball projections to uh, show at the moment. But you know, to answer your question, in in basketball, because there's always such late breaking news. Guys get scratched ten minutes to game time. Lineups get released five minutes before lock. The worst is when they get released after lock, but that's a totally different situation. Very frustrating. But yeah, so a lot of times, you know, lineup gets released, new Sims run, our Sims for basketball run in a minute, I'd say. They're they're really fast. You know, you'll come in here, you'll refresh your projections, and then you'll run a late swap. And I think it's best practice to run a late swap before the start of every new set of games, especially if Sims have run, which Sims almost always do run. Um, the question was how many games slate that would be ideal to late swap constantly. I'd say for every slate that you're playing, whether you're playing the main, the night turbos, whatever it may be, you should late swap for all of them before the start of every game slash after new Sims have run. So I think, I think the bigger thing right there is after new Sims have run. So, because if, if we're going up to a new set of games, it's slate locks at 7 p.m. Eastern, and there's one game at 7.30 Eastern, and no new Sims have run, then there's really no reason to make any adjustments to your lineups. But as soon as you see that notification that Sims have run, I would definitely go in and do a late swap. Okay. Comment here from John on the late swap conversation. I think one of the biggest things for late swapping is to, is just checking to see if there are any major lineup adjustments for a team. Yeah, I would say that, you know, that is important, especially with guys getting scratched late, especially like once we get a couple weeks into the season and player statuses are more up in the air. But I do think that that final sim before lock does really, um, you know, dial in the Sims. And at the end of the day, basketball is a very normally distributed sport. A lot of people are good at projecting basketball and we really just got to squeeze out every little edge we can. So I think it's always best practice to go into lock with, uh, or anytime a slate, a new set of games starts, go into that uh, start time with the most up-to-date information you have. So rebuilding based on the latest Sims is definitely best practice. Next question from Jared. Can you show a few things you can do when it comes to showdown single game? I notice when I play, my lines are not getting in the top 20%. So Jared, I do want to preface this answer. I'm happy to talk about showdown strategy, especially uh, before tonight's game. I do want to preface it by saying that showdown is a is one of the most highly variant um, slate types, what I would do and something I practice myself is bringing down the amount of bankroll I'm playing for showdown slates specifically. I know we just talked about the DFS profit plan and playing 2.5 to 5% of your bankroll on any given day for showdowns. I would suggest playing something closer to maybe like 1% of your bankroll is a, uh, better, better point just because, uh, a lot of the money's usually up top and it is just so, so crazy, uh, risking uh, a large amount of your bankroll on a single game. We're not, it's not even a single, not even a 12 game slate. It's, it's one game of football. So just can be outcomes that you just 
don't see on a regular basis. So that being said, let's get into the question. Um, I think that some good showdown strategy is to, you know, come in here and run a test build, which we do not have one. So I would uh, run a test build, see what you're getting, compare that to the ownership um, across the field. I prefer to look at captains and flexes separately. And so let's get this build running and we'll dive in and talk a little bit more about what I, a, what I think is a uh, good strategy. So we'll make some projection adjustments so we can see our lineups and follow the community guidelines. And so here, this is a 20 lineups out of 500. And we can see that we are getting a little spread out at captain and we are taking 10 different captains with no captain used more than four, four times. So 20% exposure. One thing I like to do, I like to come in and sort by ownership in the captain spot and see what exposure I have to some of the higher owned captains. So we can see we have like a couple lineups with Joe Burrow, one with Tyreek Hill. We're completely fading Tua, Mixon, and Waddle. We really like T. Higgins. Uh, we don't like Jamar Chase, which is interesting. And then we get into some of the running backs, defenses, and then we have a couple pump plays down here at the captain position. So I think that, you know, just kind of trying to get a feel for what Sim is trying to accomplish through looking at ownership and then we can kind of see what those lineups look like so it's like okay let's look at our joe burrow lineups and then we'll come in here you can filter the joe burrow lineups with this little plus magnifying glass icon so our joe burrow lineups are ranked seven and ten we can see that they are highly stacked so both of these are a five one bangle stack with one opposing only one opposing dolphin on the other side so it's saying, you know, in the lineups where Joe Burrow is captain, he the Bengals are probably dominating, and he's getting passes to Jamar Chase. He's getting passes to Joe Mixon and T. Higgins, and the Bengals' defense is probably doing good because none of the Dolphins' position players are in this sim. So one thing just to remember is that for Showdown, we are building on a sim precision of 10, which uses – one sim per lineup so it'll sim the game once and it will extract the optimal lineup out of that sim so that is what the builder is uh accomplishing with running it at sim precision 10 i would say that you know if you were to come in here and you were to see that you know you had like almost 100 percent of one captain i think that it's completely okay to come in here and dial back your risk. So that's really what step three is for is risk management. You know, if you sort by ownership and you say, you know, I don't want to fade a 10% owned, owned captain. I want at least one lineup with them in that, with, with them in my pool. And I think that's totally fine to come in here and get some exposure to these guys. If you want, um, it's, it's all about, you know, your risk profile and uh, what your goals are. I'd say that, you know, it's important to remember that, especially in showdown, we are trying to build the optimal lineup. That way we can uh, be at the top of the leaderboard, getting in the top 5%, the top 2%, the top 1% even is not always profitable. And we're really looking for those 0.1% outcomes in showdown specifically. So 
Not exactly sure what your lineups are looking like, Jared. I would try and focus on the risk management side of your portfolio uh, and uh, see if, you know, maybe you're too concentrated, maybe you're too spread out. Um, you know, you can look at your stack types and see what kind of stacks you're getting. Are you very overweight to lopsided games as we are in this one? Are we uh, even to our uh, stack constructions across the board? I think there's a couple different things to try and diversify your portfolio. So I would give those a shot first, but hang in there. Showdown is a tough game to beat. And, uh, you know, you're really looking for like, one good victory, I'd say a, a, a season will uh, make you a profitable uh, showdown player. So next question from Channer 2K3. Question says, how can I download all 1,500 lineups with the ownership projection, etc.? So if you want to download your pool of lineups, the way you would do that, is through this download button here and this will just pull up your lineups but it'll be by player id for each player so i don't there there is no way to download your lineups file with your ownership if you want to get the ownership download you'll have to do that in the home screen through the download button up here and then this will give you all of the detailed information from the Sims in a CSV, and then your ownership file is something different. If you want to get your hands dirty in the CSVs, you can use a uh, VLOOKUP formula and match the player ID in the um, lineup file if uh, if you are skilled enough to uh, do that and you have that as a skill in your toolbox. So not going to show how to do that. It's a little uh, time intensive. Um, I would be curious to know what you're using it for. So if you have any uh, feedback there, I'd be happy to, to hear it. So, moving on to the next question, Patrick, how much of a priority is the NHL to Sabersim? Have you guys updated the building lineup process to be a little bit more quicker? I noticed last year, just running a basic build, it would take a while. So Patrick, I do uh, sit in on the uh, models calls and I am familiar that the team has been working on the NHL model behind the scenes. We are going to be releasing some NHL content in the near future. That is some of the stuff that Jordan is working on when he doesn't have to be on this stream. It's kind of part of the me, me taking over the office hours to open up Jordan to do more things for NHL, for basketball. So I can tell you that NHL is on our radar. The team is always working on improving our models, and you should be seeing some content come up uh, within the next week or two about the uh, just the NHL season starting. So be on the lookout for that. Always improving the models. Uh, question from Stanley. Stanley said, is there a way to specifically do two to four builds? So Stanley I don't know exactly what you mean by specifically. Uh, you could come in here and build as many times as you want. You can adjust for the different contests. If you're playing different contests and build for them differently, and then you could fill, you know, if I wanted a build for my 20 maxes and then a build for my single entries, I could do that. 
and then I could fill them separately. So, you know, if this was my build for my 20 maxes and I only wanted to fill my 20 max contest from this build, I would go into fill. I would uncheck the contest and only check in the ones that I want to use this build for. And you could do that as many times as you want. If you want a different build for every entry uh, limit, that's perfectly okay. Um, if you're talking about, you know, if I specifically want to pick out two to four lineups from my pool, you can go in here, you can scroll and find whatever lineups you want, even if they're grayed out. And then once you find the one you want, you just click this little uh, lock icon. And then now that lineup will come into your uh, active lineups file. So I hope that answers your question. If it uh, doesn't and I was uh, off base, just let me know and we can uh, circle back to it. So let's see. Any more questions? Okay. Follow up from Channer. I want to go select my own 150 from the Sims. I would like to see you guys add stats and names to pool download. Otherwise, it's not useful. Thanks. So what I can say is that, you know, the lineups that we generate are always available to you. You know, you can build up to 1,500 lineups. We just build 500 for the show to save some time, but you can always build more lineups. So you can build up to 1500 and what you can also do is you can add columns over here on the left for you to reference statistics so that that are in the home screen so if i wanted to come in here and i wanted to see receiving i want to see touchdowns receiving touchdowns rushing touchdowns passing touchdowns i could hit apply and then now if i scroll over here to the side those stats in from the home screen are now on here. So I it sounds like this is something you want to, to be able to reference stats as you go through your lineups, making your decisions. I don't blame you. I think that, and I think the team agrees that, that a lot of people like to do that, including ourselves, and which is why we've added this feature. So I hope that this answers your question. And, you know, if, if you go in here and you click a bunch of stuff, you can always reset to default. And then it'll just take you back to uh, what was originally there. So give that a shot. Uh, if you have any more comments or if I'm missing something, just let me know. So, uh, Patrick, ever found out about the smart randomness for college football showdown is always set to five. Patrick, yes, I did. I covered that at the beginning of yesterday's show. I wanted to get back to you on it. Um, long story short, so the uh, – Randomness slider works as any traditional optimizer would, applying a uh, set based of randomness based on your uh, setting. So if you start at zero, there's no randomness. If you go up to ten, that's like our like quote unquote like max randomness. Um, the randomness sliders have not been back tested since we do not provide simulations for those sports. That is where the team uh, feels intuitively that that they belong. So that was the uh, short answer. If you want to go back to yesterday's stream, I touched on it right at the beginning. So anytime that there's a follow-up from yesterday, I'm always going to try to get to those first thing. So um, just some back and forth here between people in the community. Um, you know, Phil Mary made a comment here that I want to touch on. Make rules as you see, see things you want to eliminate. Um, I think it's always important to tell the builder up front what you don't want specifically that way your lineups look closer to what you do want in step three. So I think that's just 
something to uh, touch on. Uh, follow up here from Channer. Export lineups to Excel, then I can write my own algorithms. VLOOKUP works though. Thank you. Uh, yes, happy to uh, help in uh, any way possible. So guys, I don't see any more questions. I am going to stick around for a couple more minutes. If you have any more questions, let me know. Um, you know, looking ahead to tonight, uh, lock is at 5.15 my time, 8.15 Eastern. Final Sims will run one hour before the game. I would uh, highly recommend waiting for those Final Sims to run and inactives to come out before building your final lineups. Just a quick note, uh, comment here from Patrick. Is the add new rule applicable to golf? That's a good question. Let's find out. So let's hover over to golf and we will go to the PGA tour, which it looks like locked this morning. But anyways, we can come over here and yep, you should be able, able to add rules for golf. So no problems here. I believe that it works for every sport, especially um, the ones that we do support. So, and then, comment for Patrick trying to figure out how does that option work out with individual sports. So yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, the lineup rules dashboard is going to be like sport agnostic. Um, you know, you should be able to use it for every sport the same way that we support. It shouldn't change. The only thing that are going to change are like the positions for the sports and like the way teams work. But as far as like the rules and what you're able to do, you should be able to do the same thing across all sports. Question here from Fail Mary. And the question is What does sorting by 95th percentile achieve on projections page? So, good question, Fail Mary, because um, it's something we talked about in the uh, lineup pool curation discussion that we had a little earlier in the stream. And so, basically, this 95th percentile, the, all these percentiles are what we find is so we look at the we do the, we run the sims and then we get the players distribution so we're saying that Josh Allen's 95th percentile outcome something that he does one out of 20 times is score 40.6 points and this what what you're doing by sorting by this is trying to look at a player's ceiling projection in a way so we're saying that you know 5% of the time, Evan Ingram is going to score 18 points. And what 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 you're trying to achieve, can you edit the range? Um, let me unclick this. Maybe you can see a little better. So what, what, what you're looking at when you're doing this is trying to determine, are you okay with a player whose ceiling is 15 points do you think 15 points is enough to be in a winning lineup and that's you know something you kind of have to determine for yourself like if you're okay with this outcome but i think you know a lot of the times it takes those 95th percentile outcome occurrences to happen to get to the top of a gpp leaderboard and you know, a couple 
comments coming in here from John. Can you edit the range and then a little follow-up to only choose sims that fit a certain range? So, John, that's what we've been talking about in the Behind the Sims episodes with Andy and Matt trying to, you know, right now we look at the entire sim pool and pool sims. We're talking about, you know, filtering the sims down. So we're only pulling from sims where players achieve their 95th percentile outcome. It's something that's in the works. It's something that's still being talked about. It's a great idea. A lot of people on the team like it. And uh, I think that that is something that we are exploring and hoping to accomplish in the future. So uh, filtering the Sims to get more of those higher outcomes is a uh, interesting, interesting process, but uh, hopefully we can achieve it in the near future. So. That being said, guys, a lot of great questions today, a lot of great conversations about, you know, DFS in general, DFS strategy. Um, good luck tonight in your lineups. If you guys are having any trouble, drop some questions or comments into the NFL channel. The team will be around. I'll be around. And uh, good luck in your contest tonight. So we will be right back here tomorrow, and I will see you.